This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, March 9th. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Matt Hoysh. In today's headlines, Jazz Festival announces 2022 lineup. Hit and run highlights mountain safety. Telluride planning for EPA to resume tailing remediation. And a mountain weather forecast. But first... KOTO's free-form music format is delivered by local DJs. These enthusiastic volunteers fuel the spirit of the station and keep it fun and funky. Show your support for the best DJs in the world by going to koto.org to donate. And thank you. Shine the trumpet and saxophone, tune up the bass, dust off the drums. The 2022 Telluride Jazz Festival will be back again this summer, and on Wednesday, the festival announced its lineup. It's got a good variety, and I know I always say that, but um, I think it's um, a good mix of some really current, respected jazz artists and some really upbeat funk mixed with jazz and soul. That's Patrick Sheehan, Partnership Director for SBG Productions which produces the Jazz Festival. Sheehan says the festival this year will highlight the best of jazz, soul, and funk. Yola will be taking top billing. That's really exciting. Um, I wrote an article about her in the paper when I used to write for them in 2019, I think. And I've been a big fan. Um, her first album was a little bit country-leaning, but the second one is very soul-leaning. And there's no denying that she has like the best soul voice right now. There will also be the Motet. As a Colorado band, Sheehan calls them a no-brainer. They've played here a bunch, but haven't played jazz for almost a decade. Um, they're going to come in with some special guests that we'll announce soon. Corey Wong of Wolfpack fame will be performing. Terrence Blanchard, New Orleans legend, trumpeter, um, insanely respected jazz artist. Um, he's had 16 Grammy nominations and five wins, so... I think that's all you got to say about him. <laughs> Other acts include Christian Scott and Dee Dee Bridgewater and the Memphis Sulfony. When it comes to potentially lesser known artists, Sheehan says festival goers should pay attention to Ghost Funk Orchestra. I love those guys so much. They're on Coal Mine Records. Um, and they are a young band, kind of psychedelic jazz. And they're led by three females who have an incredible voice. And... I really love all of their records. Um, they're constantly spinning for me. I play them on my radio show, and I'm really excited to have them out. Of course, Jazz Fest isn't only about the amazing music on the main stage. The festival also boasts a robust student program. We have the All-Stars every year, um, and those guys come up the week before, and they get to collaborate, and they get professional instructions. We actually have Rufus Reed on the lineup who... Um, we got a National Endowment of the Arts grant um, for him to come and teach the students this year, but he's also going to play with his band. There will also be the Quintessential Parade, Jazz on Main Street, and free performances at the Society Stage in Elks Park. The 2022 Telluride Jazz Festival will take place in town August 12th through 14th. Skiing or snowboarding down the mountain can make you feel like you're flying, but there is also inherent risk in the sport. 
Individuals fall and hurt themselves, and unfortunately, sometimes collision happen between recreators on the mountain. Worse still, when there is a collision, sometimes people don't stick around. As a lot of our community knows, there was a, a hit and run with a longtime local about a week and a half ago. That's Patrick Latcham, vice president of sales and marketing for the Telluride Ski and Golf Resort. Latcham says he can't comment specifically on the details of the recent incident on the mountain, but notes an investigation is ongoing and the resort is working diligently. One of the first things we have to do in that scenario is get security involved. Um, you know, in today's day and age, we have more cameras than we've had prior. And so whenever there's a, a camera within that area, we review all the footage there. Um, and then tracking down any witnesses is is very important in that scenario as well to try and get a description of um, the person that was involved in the accident um, and then doing everything we can, putting all those clues together to try and track that person down. Latcham adds the unfortunate incident is a time to remind the way to respond when an accident does occur. The first and foremost, remain at the scene of a collision, check to see if anyone is hurt, ask that anyone involved or who saw it stay until employees arrive and identify everyone that's involved and call patrol dispatch. He says if someone involved in an accident does leave the scene, it's important for witnesses to provide any information they can to identify the individual. You know, was it a skier, a snowboarder, um, any idea on height, color of jacket, snow pants, helmet, goggles, things like that can really help security and, and ski patrol identify that person, along with information on, on what direction that person is headed. Um, you know, this is in Colorado, this is very similar to a car accident and a, a hit and run is a serious offense and support and tracking that person down is greatly appreciated for our community ski patrol and, and obviously the guest that was involved in that accident. Of course, in an ideal situation, skiers and snowboarders aren't getting into accidents. To that, Latcham says prevention is key. One of the biggest ones is is knowing that the person downhill in front of you has the right of way. Um, so it's always up to that skier who's, you know, uh, uphill to, to ensure that they're giving that person downhill plenty of room to help avoid a collision. He adds another major element is staying in control. You know, it's easy to get excited and, and go a little too fast. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of times where you're going over a roller or a hill, you got some blind spots, you're not sure on exactly what's on the other side of that. And so staying in control is key. Giving right away to the downhill skier is very important. Um, and then all this kind of falls into knowing your responsibility code. The responsibility code includes always staying in control and being able to stop. Don't stop if you're obstructing a trail or if you're unable to be seen by those coming down the run and give extra space in slow zones. Latcham notes accidents on the mountain are rare and hit and runs even less common. But he adds a busier mountain likely means more accidents. The number of incidents that occur on the mountain is directly related to the number of people we have on the mountain. That's not to say the more people on the mountain create more accidents. It means that when more people ski, more people fall down. The low snowfall during January and early February made for a harder snow surface, which could contribute to the severity of some incidents. But what we have seen has been incidents indicative of a busy winter season with our guests coming back to the slopes after a year of limited travel.
Latcham's number one recommendation is for everyone to save patrol dispatch's number in their phone in case they are involved in or see an accident. The number is 970-728-7585. With spring just around the corner, the gears are once again starting to turn on the mine tailings remediation work on the valley floor west of Telluride. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency began an emergency removal of tailings along the San Miguel River last summer, relocating them to the Idarada Repository on the east end of town. According to the EPA, the tailings have dangerously high levels of lead and arsenic. Originally slated to take a couple weeks, the EPA subsequently discovered about one and a half times the amount of tailings they anticipated, forcing them to extend the work into 2022. This week at a Telluride Open Space Commission meeting, Town Program Manager Lance McDonald updated the commission that the EPA has reached out to town to discuss plans for river restoration on town-owned property following the mine tailings removal. Originally, McDonald notes the Forest Service was going to be doing the river restoration work. Something changed in the fall. I'm not sure what it was, but basically the EPA is now going to be doing the river restoration work on the Forest Service land, and it seems like they now would like to go on town property and do river restoration work on our land as well. Town attorneys, McDonald notes, will look at whether that's under the umbrella of the EPA's authority under the emergency response. Because they have an emergency response to remove tailings because there's this, you know, imminent threat to um, the public. And so they're doing that as a way to, you know, uh, efficiently remove the tailings. I'm not sure how far that goes to doing restoration work, but I'm not an attorney, so I don't know. Commission Vice Chair Nancy Kraft also wonders whether the emergency authority extends to river restoration and wants to ensure the public has input on the work. I don't understand what I personally not knowing enough about it. You know, I understand about removal of the tailings, but it seems like river restoration is a separate issue and wouldn't fall under an emergency. And so I just would want to make sure that we are able to be involved at meetings as a partner. McDonald says town is meeting this week with the EPA to discuss the work. I don't know what their, who their engineer or the designers are for the river restoration. You know, it could be everything's great, but anything that involves town property is going to be looked at very closely. And, you know, we would rather be doing that kind of work on our property ourselves than having perhaps the EPA do it, even though they are probably having very competent river restoration planners, you know, doing this. McDonald says it's good the EPA is coordinating with town this early in the restoration planning. He adds he thinks not only the Open Space Commission, but also town council will be involved, since the restoration would involve town property. It'll be interesting to see how council also wrestles around with this issue. The EPA paused their work on the valley floor as winter set in last year. Open Space Commission Chair Angela Dye says she hopes the current state of the river at the site isn't permanent. Because that is basically a heavy armoring of that river, which is not what we have done in our other revegetation and river restoration efforts. We've been trying not to armor the river away from its floodplain, but the reverse. So that's one thing that very much concerns me. There's all kinds of boulders out there. It's very heavy-handed. McDonald says he will keep the commission updated as planning moves forward for the Valley Floor Mine Tailings removal work to recommence.
It's been a snow-filled last few days around the Telluride region, and for many, the mountains are calling. So, what better time to learn about snowpack, snow science, and safety in the backcountry? This Thursday, the Wilkinson Public Library will host the latest installment of its backcountry chats. The topic for March is spring skiing in the backcountry. The session will help attendees be aware of and prepared for the snowpack and avalanche hazards that exist toward the end of the backcountry ski season through a moderated panel discussion and Q&A, plus free pizza. The March Backcountry Chat is this Thursday, March 10th at the Wilkinson Public Library from 6 to 8 p.m. For those looking to keep their furry friends healthy, the Telluride Marshals Department, the Animal Hospital of Telluride, and the Telluride Humane Society are teaming up to offer free pet vaccines on Saturday, March 19th. Vaccines available are canine distemper, parvo and rabies, and feline distemper and rabies, plus dog licensing though the licensing isn't free. The free pet vaccines will be available Saturday, March 19th from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. in the Telluride Community Room on Spruce Street. Lake Powell is set to drop below an important water level in the near future, nearly too low to generate hydropower. The Bureau of Reclamation calls it the, quote, target elevation, 3,525 feet. At that level, there's a small buffer before water dips too low to generate hydropower at the Glen Canyon Dam. Water agencies will take contingency steps to make sure it doesn't get any lower. They expect reservoir levels to get back up above target elevation around May once mountain snow has melted. This milestone is an important one for the nation's second-largest reservoir, a sign that more than two decades of drought are pushing the West's water supply to a tipping point. Colorado lawmakers are advancing a bill to provide more security to the state's top elected officials in response to increased threats. KOTO's Scott Franz has more. Secretary of State Jenna Griswold is leading the effort to boost security at public events. She says she personally has gotten more than 25 death threats during the last three weeks. It is daunting when someone tells you, I know where you live, they post your address, they say they're going to come and physically harm you and not to have that security coverage. Griswold says officials from all political parties are being targeted. Some Republicans are opposing the bill and questioning the need for it. It would give the secretary of State, Treasurer, and Attorney General access to extra security from the state patrol. State lawmakers could also appeal for more protection if their initial requests are denied. I'm Scott Franz at the State Capitol. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for snow showers tonight with some thunder possible. The low is around 15 degrees. Three to five inches of snow accumulation is possible. Thursday, there's a 90% chance of snow showers with a high in the mid-20s. Thursday night should be mostly cloudy with a chance of snow showers. The low is around zero with wind chill values as low as negative 15 degrees. Two to four inches of snow accumulation is possible. Friday calls for sunny skies during the day and clear skies at night. The high is in the mid-20s with a low around 10. There is a winter weather advisory in effect until Thursday afternoon. This has been the news for Wednesday, March 9th. 
Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. We would like to thank everyone who has donated to KOTO during our winter 2022 fundraising. A huge thank you to... Carol and John Keogh. Gus Gassiora. Sarah and Morgan Lavender-Smith. J.D. Weiss. Jason White. Kristen Permakoff. Scott Hellman, Robin and Jeff Hope, Marty Prohaska, Simone Florney, Susan Anderson, Tiffany Osborne, Teddy Erico, Mo Hanna, Kuno Volenweider, Mary Higgins, Margaret Foley, Sarah Landryu, Bo Miller, Brett Lemker, Henry Mitchell, Megan Knowles, Russell Franks, Scott and Pamela Bennett, Rick Burns, Will and Hillary Thompson, Natalie Price, Eli Simpson, Jen Visich, Kathleen Morgan, Harrison Penn, Rob Johnson, Art Goodtime, Tim Torito, and Beth Lamberson. Thank you all so much. And now, personal commentaries. Telluride Theatre's tradition of original shows returns with the live in-person play Epic and Odyssey a completely original show written and directed by Sasha Cuccinello with original music by Travis Fisher. Epic will play this week at the Palm Theater through Sunday, March 13th. All shows are at 7 p.m. except for Saturday's matinee at 4 p.m. Epic and Odyssey gives the famed ancient Greek story of love, loss, monsters, gods, goddesses, and rowing. A whole lot of rowing with a Telluride Theater twist. A journey through art, life, and love. A play with theater, dance, original music, film, projection art, and installation art. Come experience the fantastical multimedia performance this week. Tickets are $30 for adults, $18 for students and educators. Audiences will be seated on the Palm stage for a truly immersive experience. There will be no late seating. This show is fun for the whole family and suitable for ages 12 and up. Seating is limited, so book now at TellurideTheater.org. Greetings, Telluride. This is Amy Vanderbosch speaking on behalf of the Telluride Choral Society. The Choral Society has been bringing live choral music to the Telluride community since 1995. We are currently getting ready for our 2022 Spring Sing concert, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about it. Our theme for this spring is Songs of Hope. A wide variety of beautiful pieces will be performed by both of our youth ensembles, the Telluride Choristers and Omni Voce, as well as our two adult groups, the Telluride Chorale and the Chamber Singers. We are very fortunate to have new artistic directors for both the youth and adult groups. Katrina Miller, our very talented elementary school music teacher, is directing the youth groups, and Hal Adler, a wonderful new addition to the Telluride community, has taken over leadership of the adult groups. I'd also like to mention our very talented accompanists, Travis Fisher, playing for the youth choirs, and Susan Enzor, who accompanies the adults. We are so fortunate to be able to continue singing with all of these dedicated people in place. If you join us for one of our performances, you will be treated to some beautiful, inspiring, and uplifting songs across a range of genres from classical a cappella to contemporary, gospel, folk, and Broadway. You can learn more about our concert from the wonderful Susan V. Brock at her web magazine, Telluride Inside and Out, at TelluridInside.com. We hope you will join us at Christ Presbyterian Church on Friday, March 18th, 
at 7 p.m. or on Sunday, March 20th at 4 p.m. Admission is $20 for adults, $10 for students, and because singing is involved, masks will be required. Please come out and support local live music in Telluride. You won't be disappointed. This has been Amy Vanderbosch with the Telluride Choral Society. Thank you, KOTO. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.